Well, it's a joy and privilege um, for me to be able to stand here this morning on the absence of our pastor, and um, I'm so thankful for the opportunity, and uh, him trusting me to be able to stand here this morning means a lot to me, <clears throat> but I love this church, and uh, I love what God's doing in this church, and I love each and every one of you. And we're grateful for the opportunity to worship together, and we're grateful for the opportunity, as I have, to open the Word of God. I'm going to invite you to take your copy of God's Word. Please open to the book of Acts, chapter number 9. The book of Acts, chapter number 9. I'm going to read one verse this morning, but we'll have a lot of supporting scriptures as we uh, look together um, at this one verse this morning. And I'm going to preach this morning on this subject, walking in the fear of the Lord. Walking in the fear of the Lord. In Acts chapter number 9 and verse number 31 uh, is where we'll read from. And the Lord just stirred my heart uh, with this. And I struggled a little bit on, on what to preach, and, and but through much prayer, I settled in, in my heart, this is what God wanted me to read this morning, and then again speak on this subject, walking in the fear of the Lord. If you found your place in Acts chapter number 9, verse number 31, I'm going to ask you to stand again as we honor and reverence the reading of the inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God. Notice with us what the Bible says. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee and Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit they were multiplied. You may be seated as we pray together. Our Father and our God as we just take a moment now to pause for prayer as we have read the word that you have put in my heart. Now, oh God, as I look up to heaven, I pray that you would help me, that you would empty me out, oh God, of anything of my own, that one more time this side of heaven, that I may preach the word of God in such a manner that would bring honor and glory to your name. Oh God, we need to hear from you today. And I thank you that you said heaven and earth would pass away, but your words would not pass away. We need to hear the truth of the word of God. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help me as I stand to, to preach this morning. And I pray that you would speak to hearts. I pray that indeed the church of God would be built up this morning. I pray that we would be encouraged in our walk with you. And Lord, if there's anyone in this place today that's never made a profession of faith, they've never put their trust in you alone, Lord Jesus, for their salvation, I pray also that you would speak to their hearts. Again, Lord, thank you for this time. We humbly ask that you make it a blessing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. When our Lord Jesus died on the cross and then rose again from the dead, he left his church with what we would call the Great Commission. We find it in the book of Matthew chapter number 28 and beginning in verse number 18 where Jesus came and he had been with his disciples for a period of 40 days after his resurrection. 
And now he's about to go back to heaven. And he leaves them with this great commission. And he said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And right before Jesus was taken up out of their sight into heaven, he promised Holy Spirit power to get the job done. He said, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we know that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. And the church began its mission of taking the gospel to the world. And in the book of Acts, Luke gives us seven progress reports, if you will, throughout the book of Acts to see how that the church was doing with the Great Commission. Do you realize just in 30 years they took the gospel from Jerusalem to Rome, to their known world, they took the gospel uh, in its power uh, to, uh, to the world. But again, Luke gives us these progress reports through the book of Acts to let us know how they were doing. The first one was in Acts chapter 2, verse 47, where he said, Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And then in Acts chapter 6, verse 7, it says, And the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And then we have another report in Acts chapter 12, verse 24. But the word of God increased and multiplied. Acts 16 and 5. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and they increased in numbers daily. Acts 19 and verse 20. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevailed and prevail mightily. And then lastly, in Acts chapter 28, verse 31, when the apostle Paul is in, in, incarcerated in, in a rented house, he says he lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. So we see in our text this morning several things that I want us to notice. And this is the second progress report uh, that, uh, that Luke gives us in the book of Acts where he says, Then the churches throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace. So number one, they had peace. Number two, they were edifying. Number three, they were walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And then they were multiplied. So first of all, it says they had peace. You know, sometimes the church experiences times of hardship and persecution. It's been said that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. 
and for whatever reason, and we don't have time to go through and discuss that this morning on why they had peace, but we know from Pentecost until now, there was a lot of persecution, there was a lot of turmoil, but now we see that Saul of Tarshish has been converted And now he is Paul, the beloved apostle, and he is accepted now by uh, the Christians in in Jerusalem. And uh, and then because of an uproar, uh, they took Paul and they, uh, they sent him away to Tarshish because some wanted to kill him. So for whatever reason, though, it says, and then the churches throughout had peace. Again, sometimes God uses times of tranquility and rest to advance his gospel. It was a time of peace for the churches, but we see it was not a time of complacency, for they grew both spiritually and numerically. Can I say to you this morning, though, that sometimes when we're at peace, we tend to grow complacent. We begin sometimes when things are peaceful to kind of sit back and take a deep breath and say, wow, things are good and maybe we just want to rest a little bit. We thank God for the times of peace. We thank God for the times of tranquility. But Iron City this morning, may we always guard against complacency and may we be diligent in gospel work as we experience the peace our Lord has granted to us. And we are at peace. We today do not have to fear for our lives as we come to this place to worship. We don't have to worry about uh, this morning about church problems where, where this one is against this one and this group against that one where there is division. But this morning we come with God's blessings This morning we come in God's grace. This morning we come as a church that is experiencing the peace of God. But also we come this morning as a church where we're seeing the hand of God move in a great way. And so this morning we want to say that the church had peace. And then second of all, it was edified. The church was built up. The church was strengthened. This morning, you don't have to turn for the sake of time, but I'll call your attention to Ephesians chapter number 4, verses 11 and following. It says, And he himself, talking about the resurrected, exalted, ascended Son of Almighty God, Jesus went back to heaven, and he himself gave some to be apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, Why did he give them? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Listen, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every one, every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. 
Church, let me tell you, we are blessed to have the pastors that we have, the elders that we have, men who love God, men who love their families, men who love their church, men who love the Word of God, and they're students of the Word of God, and they pour over the Word of God, and then they come, and they open the Word of God, and they preach to us and teach to us the wonderful truth of the Word of God. And in that we are built up, in that we are strengthened, in that we are encouraged. But did you notice toward the end of that it says that from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Listen, we are built up. We are encouraged. We're strengthened by the Word of God and the ministry of our pastors and teachers to us. But then we, as we grow and as we're strengthened, we do our part in this body. We serve where God has placed us. We do what God has called us to do. And in that also the church is edified. In that the church is strengthened. In that the church is built up. And so I would ask you this morning, are you doing your part? Do not just sit and soak everything in, and, uh, and, uh, but uh, take and soak it in and grow. And then use what God has taught you to be a blessing to others in this congregation. So we see that the church had peace. We see that the church was edified. And this next part is really where I want to spend most of my time this morning. That God, the Holy Spirit, has burned this into my heart. It says, walking in the fear of the Lord. So what does it mean to walk in the fear of the Lord? You say, well, Brother Mark, I'm not sure what that means, and I'm not sure I'm walking in the fear of the Lord. So let's talk about walking in the fear of the Lord defined. What does it mean? I believe it means to stand in awe before the Lord with reverence and respect, recognizing His power, His purity, and His position. I believe it means that we are awed and humbled in His presence, Acknowledging that he is in total control of his creation. And he is worthy of all respect and all love and all praise and all honor and all worship. I believe walking in the fear of the Lord means a continual awareness. Listen, that we are in the presence of a holy God and every thought and every motive and every word and every action in my life is open before Him and will be judged by Him. And then, ladies and gentlemen, this attitude, I believe, will manifest itself in our lives by having respect, listen, for the Word of God and desiring to do what His Word says that we should do. I believe that's what it means to be walking in the fear of the Lord. We get up in the morning as Junior Hill, the beloved evangelist in the Southern Baptist Convention uh, for many, many years, he used to say he'd get up in the morning and he would roll over and his feet would hit the floor and he would look up to heaven and raise his hands to heaven and he would say, Jesus, this is Private Junior Hill reporting for duty. 
and I want to walk with you today, and I want to honor you, and I want to serve you. I want to walk with you in the fear of the Lord today. So I'm not talking about walking around afraid of God, but I'm talking about having a respect and love for God. There was a teenage daughter of a pastor that I heard about several years ago. And she went off with her girlfriends, and, and while they were off doing something on one particular night, uh, they began to uh, do some things that they shouldn't do. And someone had got them alcohol to drink, and, and they began to drink, and they offered it to the pastor's daughter, and, and, and she refused it. And then through peer pressure, they began to pressure her. And one of the girls said, oh, I know why she won't drink because she's afraid of what her preacher daddy will do to her if he finds out. The girl began to cry. Tears ran down her face. And she spoke up boldly to her friend. She says, no, you've got it wrong. I'm not afraid of what my daddy will do to me if I drink. But I am afraid of what it will do to my daddy if I drink. Do you understand that? She had such a love and respect for her daddy. She wanted to honor him above all things. And that's what kept her strong in that moment of temptation. Ladies and gentlemen, we come to the place in our life where we are not afraid of God. We're not walking around afraid of what our God will do to us if we do this or that. But we walk around with such a love and a reverence and think about what he's done for us. Do you remember what he's done for us? You see, I was dead in the trespasses and sins. But by his grace, I've been made alive together with all the saints through the grace of God, through the mercy of God, when I was dead in trespasses and sin, God was rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved me even when I was dead and putrefied in my sins. And now I have been made alive together with Christ for by grace I have been saved through faith. And that not of myself, it is the free gift of God, not of works, lest any man should, should boast. You say, I remember what God has done for me. And so I'm not afraid that God would take his hand to me, but I am afraid that God might take his hand off of me. In church, we should always want the hand of God on us. In Acts chapter 11, verse 21, it says, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Walking in the fear of the Lord. That's what it means. And then I want to mention briefly this morning and ask this question. Why has walking in the fear of the Lord become a lost concept in many Christian circles? And so we want to talk to you about walking in the fear of the Lord neglected. You see, the single reason walking in the fear of the Lord is a lost concept in much of the modern church I believe lies at the feet of the churches where faithful exposition of the word of God is no longer a priority. I thank God that at Iron City Baptist Church, the faithful exposition of the word of God is a place that is highly, something that is highly revered. 
That's why this place right here is in the center of this church. It's because the preaching of the word of God and the holding up of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the central thing that we do. And lately, uh, he's not here, so I'll, I'll talk about him a little bit. But in our prayer gathering on, on Wednesday nights, we pray for our elders. We pray for our pastors. We pray for our teachers. And we've been praying for God to do something extraordinary in the life of our church. And we've been praying for our pastor as he preaches on Sunday morning that God the Holy Spirit would fill him. And uh, I think because of our prayer gathering, our pastor liked to hurt himself last week. Did you notice he got up out of that, off that stool that sits right here? And he didn't know what to do with himself for a moment or two. He was so excited. And I didn't know what I was going to do with myself. And I just sent a text after the service last week and just said, wow. Wow. What an awesome God. What a wonderful Savior. What a precious Lord to think that God would love you and love me and love us. And God has had his hand on us. But I'm thankful that we're in a church where there's faithful exposition of the Word of God and it is a priority. Well, listen to 2 Timothy chapter 4 where Paul says to Timothy, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom. Preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Listen, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because of they have itching ears, they will heap to themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears from, away from the truth, and will be turned aside unto fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Folks, they, all over this land of ours today, there's churches who don't want the preaching of the gospel. They don't want the word of God preached line upon line and verse upon verse. As a matter of fact, they'll tell the pastor, okay, pastor, you can preach this and you can preach that and you can preach the other. But this other stuff here, we want you to stay away from it. You're not going to preach that in this church. And, uh, and that goes on more than you think. But here it is a priority, and I thank God for our pastors. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 10, the middle part. He says, the Lord said to me, listen, gather the people to me, and I will let them hear my words that they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth and that they may teach their children. Isn't that a wonderful thought? We gather together, and what a wonderful thing it is to be able to gather together and, and have our connection groups and, and in our homes, but here, our children's ministry. Thank God for our children's ministry. Thank God for our youth ministry. Because what we're doing in faithfully giving out the word of God, whether it be in the church setting, in the small group setting, or home with our families and our private devotions, we are teaching our children to walk in the fear of the Lord. 
We're teaching our children to love God and to honor Him and respect Him and worship Him. In Deuteronomy 31 and 12, it says, Gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the stranger who is within your gates, that they may hear and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of this law. And that their children, listen, who have not known it, may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you cross the Jordan to possess. It's so important for our children. But you, did you notice that? It says gather all the people, not only the women, the men and the women and the little ones, but the stranger. I remember I talked to my son last night, my oldest son, Ben, last night. He was talking about some things going on in his church. I said, do you remember, do you remember when you were little and we'd get you ready to go to church? Do you remember the little offering envelopes we used to send our kids to Sunday school with? And we would give them their offering. They would bring their offering. We were teaching them to bring their offering to the, to the house of God. And on that little envelope, it says something like attending worship. You could check that. Daily Bible read. You could check that. Giving. You could check that. And then it said contacts. It was a place to list your contacts. But you see, we did that for adults, too. And one of the things I think we're missing, and I will say this to you today, thank God for what God is doing. But when is the last time, when is the last time that you told somebody you work with or your neighbor across the street, when's the last time you just went with them and said, hey, would you like to go with me to hear a man talk about a man named Jesus? Yeah, sure, maybe I would. I think we got to get back, folks, to inviting people to come to church. Because I promise you, with what is preached in this church, when they come, they will be exposed to the gospel. And it is through the preaching of the word of God that he has chosen to save sinners. And so we need to do our part. We need to invite men and women and boys and girls to come hear a man preach about a man called Jesus. And I believe with all my heart when they come, the Spirit of God will begin to work in their heart and in their life. Proverbs 2, 1 through 5, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding if you seek her as silver and seek her as hidden treasures then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God would you lean in close just for a moment would you lean in close as I bring this down and because I want you to hear what I'm about to say I wrote this statement down God put in my heart because the Word of God is not a priority in so many lives, we know little about the nature of God, particularly as it relates to the holiness of God. Did you know, folks, if you're not under the preaching and teaching of the Word of God, and if you're not on your own doing Bible intake, then you are susceptible to beginning to Worship a God that's not the God of the Bible. Have you heard people out in 
social media and other place talk about this, that, and the other, and everybody's always got opinion about something going on. And you ever heard somebody say, well, that may be the God you serve, but that's not my God because my God wouldn't do this and my God wouldn't do that and my God wouldn't do the other. You see, I believe there's a danger today. I believe we have a wrong view of God. I know we have a wrong view of God if we're not reading the Bible. But everybody's got a view of God. And most people, they got a little pocket Jesus that they can tuck down in their pocket. And they'll keep him there. And they say, little pocket Jesus, you stay tucked away in my pocket. And I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do what I want, when I want, how I want. But if I get in some kind of trouble I can't get out of, pocket Jesus, I'll, I'll take you out and... And I'll ask you for some help, and maybe you can help me. You see, we have a wrong view of God when it comes to the holiness of God. Why? Because man has always tried to bring God down and bring himself up. But folks, listen to me. God is holy, and we are not. And when we don't know what the Bible says, we can have a wrong view of God. Let me ask you a question that I heard several years ago that shook me down to my socks. Where a preacher, an older preacher, asked this question. He said, are you serving the God of the Bible? Or are you serving the God of your own imagination? Think about that, folks. We just got it in our mind what we want God to be again. We try to get God down and we try to get ourselves up. And we got this buddy system to where we're on the same level as God. And and God's my buddy and I'm going to high five God and and I'm going to just be good friends with him. No, listen to me. We need to go back and see what Isaiah saw in Isaiah chapter number 6. He said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And he talked about those fiery angels around the throne of God that cried, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And the whole earth is filled with his glory. And when they sang holy, 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 the place they were in was shaken and there was smoke and fire. And Isaiah fell on his face and he said, Woe is me for I am undone. For I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Folks, we have a wrong view of God. We need to see him high and lifted up. And you know we live in a a no fear culture. You know that, don't you? Where in most people's eyes, there's no fear of God before their eyes. We see it, listen, in the wicked lifestyles. We see it in the ungodly beliefs. We see it in the twisted perversions. Listen to Romans chapter number 1, verses 18 and following. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed it to them. Listen to this. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, listen, they did not glorify him as God. Neither were thankful, but came futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made like unto corruptible men. 
and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Now notice what it says here. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who changed the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them over to vile passions for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving them in themselves a penalty of their error which was due. And listen to verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do the things that are not fitting, being filled with unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetous, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undeserving, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Folks, does that not sound like our world today? And when we neglect the word of God, we're in danger of having a wrong view of God. Here's the last thing this morning. I want to say, or ask this question, how can we begin to walk? If we're not walking today in the fear of God, how can we begin to walk in the fear of God? So we'll talk about walking in the fear of the Lord is a choice. Listen to James chapter 4, verses 7 and following. Therefore submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. So friends, what I want us to know this morning is you can humble yourself before God Or you can let foolish pride take you to places you will regret one day in your life. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and following says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is man's will, or this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So this morning we need to hear the word of the Lord to His people. As he says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. So the question is, are you walking in the fear of the Lord? You say, well, how can I really do that? Look in our text and then we're going to pray and we'll be done. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace. And they were edified. Walking in the fear of the Lord. Listen, here it is now. And the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They were multiplied. How do we do it? We do it through the comfort of the Holy Spirit. If you're saved and I've saved, we have the Holy Spirit living in our hearts. 
And it's the Holy Spirit that will press us along. It's the Holy Spirit who will push us along in our walk with the Lord. It is the Holy Spirit that will remind us about walking in the fear of the Lord and how it is important for us to give God the honor and the glory and the reverence that He deserves in our life. And that's what happened in the early church. They were at peace. They were edified. They were walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. And they were multiplied. I've got it burned deep in my heart and I know many of you do too. I want to see people come to know Jesus. I want us to take serious the Great Commission. I want us to get to the place where we're seeing people come to know the Lord, making confessions of faith following the Lord in believers' baptism. Because I know what this church would do when people make that public profession of faith. I know what this church would do when these people are obedient to the Lord and they're baptized. I know what we'll do. We'll come along beside them and we will teach them to observe all the things that Christ has taught us in His Word. In other words, we will disciple them. But discipleship starts with evangelism. And we're to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. And folks, if we as Iron City would continue, listen to me, in this time of peace, if we will continue to be edified, if we will continue to walk in the fear of the Lord, if we will continue to allow the Spirit of God to have His way in our life and in our church, He will multiply His church for His honor and for His glory. And my prayer this morning is, Oh God, Oh God, precious Heavenly Father, help me to be more committed than I've ever been to walking in the fear of the Lord. Help me to do my part in edifying this body. Help me, O God, to be full of the Spirit of God and full of the Word of God. And, O God, use us all to reach people that we may be multiplied. So look at me. Thank you for watching or listening to one of our sermons. We would love to have the opportunity to connect with you one-on-one. We are not a perfect church, but we are a joyful church, and we want to help you increase your joy in Christ. We would love for you to come and worship with us one day soon. You'll be able to find information about our worship services, about who we are, what we believe, what we do, and what we're hoping to accomplish on our website at ironcity.org. And We would invite you to go and to check out all the information there. We look forward to seeing you soon.